Any psychological abuse is dangerous, and it can increase until it escalates to physical abuse. Though even if it never does, psychological abuse has really serious short and long-term impacts on a person's physical and mental health. Hi, welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. On in. We're discussing a difficult, upsetting topic today, Julie. Yeah, we are, Cindy. Most people would rather not think about it. But you know us, we're here to make sure that you do, because it's important. Yes. Domestic abuse otherwise known as domestic violence or intimate partner violence, involves trying to control another person. Victims are often an intimate partner, but could also be a child, a relative, or someone else who lives in the same house. Right. Domestic violence can happen to anyone of any race, age, sexual orientation, religion, or gender. And it happens in all kinds of relationships with people of all socioeconomic backgrounds and education levels. Privilege, money, and schooling do not protect you from it. The thing with domestic abuse is that when we hear the term, we usually think of physical violence, like a battered woman. But domestic violence can also be sexual, emotional, financial, or psychological, or any combination of these. Or all of the above. There doesn't have to be physical abuse for mistreatment to be considered domestic abuse. If someone does things to intimidate, manipulate, threaten, or hurt someone in their household, that is considered domestic violence. Physical and sexual assaults or threats are the most obvious forms of domestic violence, and they're the things people on the outside are most likely to see. Even if physical assaults happen only once, they instill enough fear from an abuser them to get control. The victim becomes afraid to do things that might upset the person because they're afraid they might act out again in a harmful way. And even if physical assaults never happen, the other forms of domestic violence are no less serious or impactful. In fact, sometimes they're worse because nobody can see the scars or the impact, so they may not even realize the extent to which someone is being harmed. And while they don't leave physical scars, they can leave long-lasting psychological scars that can affect the person constantly, interfering with decision-making, livelihood, and their sense of peace and happiness. That's exactly why mental and emotional abuse are considered domestic violence. And domestic violence is a crime. That's right, Julie. Psychological abuse is dangerous and hurtful. Legally, it seems a distinction is made between emotional abuse and mental abuse, with both being considered domestic violence, but affecting somewhat differently. As psychologists, I don't think we need to make that distinction here. Both affect a person psychologically in all sorts of ways, and the distinction isn't important for our purposes. Yeah, I can't even figure out what it is. 
But what is important is that these behaviors are detrimental to the behavior, emotion, and mental health of the victim. And psychological abuse can also lead to physical symptoms. Yes. So we will lump psychological abuse together and tell you that these are behaviors that mess with the victim's emotions, self-esteem, thoughts, and feelings by doing things that are meant to intimidate, frighten, humiliate, reject, or isolate them with the ultimate goal of some sort of control. Yeah. And a lot of abusers seem like good loving partners in the beginning of their relationships, but then abuse may gradually start to evolve as the relationship deepens. It can be a slow or quick shift to psychological abuse, but when it happens, it's usually for the victim, very shocking and confusing. True. Some of the ways abuse might begin is through gaslighting, threats, manipulation, or harassment. We discussed gaslighting all by itself in another recent podcast. It's a common form of psychological abuse that usually happens gradually in a relationship. The gaslighter insists that things didn't happen the way the victim knows they did. They twist emotions and words and use them against the victim, which causes the victim to question their own reality and doubt their own judgment and memory. It's crazy making. Sometimes gaslighting, like some other forms of psychological abuse, are more noticeable by the way the victim acts and feels than by what the abuser can be pinpointed as doing because they're very good at manipulation. They manage to look not only innocent, but even concerned and caring. Victims often feel confused and not sure if they can trust their own thoughts or feelings. They stop trusting their gut. They do a lot of apologizing to the abuser and they make excuses for the abuser's behavior while apologizing for their own behavior and blaming themselves for not being a good enough partner. They keep trying to work on improving the situation. Victims often end up withholding the truth to avoid the insults or manipulative twists of their reality that they know will get thrown back at them. If they become upset, they're told they're just too sensitive or that they caused the problem in the first place. Emotional abusers also try to manipulate victims into thinking they're not worthy of love and have no way out of the relationship. As a matter of fact, they should be grateful to have the abuser who might abandon them if they aren't really careful. So they better be careful. They're so afraid of that. Domestic violence abusers also exert control with threatening behavior, threats to leave the relationship, threats of suicide or of hurting themselves if their partner won't do what they want or if their partner tries to end the relationship. Yeah, and there also might be threats to hurt the victim or the victim's children or other people that the victim cares about or even pets in their home or their home. The threats are used as punishment for something that was said or done or to force the victim to do something they don't want to do. When an abuser does this, they're using someone's love and fear to manipulate and control them. It is hard to stay strong and stick to boundaries when this kind of manipulation is happening but it really is nobody's responsibility to prevent someone else from hurting themselves. An abuser will say that it is, but that's just part of the abuse. It's a very scary way of manipulating someone to gain control over them. The victim loves this person, even when they themselves are hurt 
or hurting. They don't want their partner to hurt themselves in any way. And yes, Cindy, like you said, they feel overly responsible for the abuser's safety and happiness. There are other common ways a partner might be psychologically abusive too, like trying to humiliate or embarrass their partner in front of friends or family, or trying to control the time they spend with them. They might start an argument with others around or talk about the victim's faults to others in front of them while making sure they, the abuser, look loving and concerned. In a psychologically abusive relationship, abusers do a lot of things to sever emotional ties their partner has with other people so that they will feel even more dependent on the abuser. Sometimes they work to directly control contact, but it also can be really subtle. And all the victim might realize is that they feel guilty for seeing family and friends or ashamed of themselves when they are in front of other people. Abusers might constantly monitor their partner's behavior or communications with others and even accuse them of cheating. So victims might choose to see others less and less over time to reassure their abuser. Right. And some abusers call their partners names and insult them. They insult their appearance, their intelligence, their accomplishments, or the way that they act to make the victim feel bad about themselves. The manipulation can be just meticulous and endless. Abusers work subtly and not so subtly to make their victim feel that the abuser's needs and feelings are more important than theirs. Of course, domestic abusers are also good at showing love, and that's the tricky part. They can show love and concern at important moments that throw their victim off the trail of their abuse. It can make it really hard for the victim to decide whether or not certain behaviors are abusive, because at times... Even abusive people can seem so kind and generous and loving, and it's what the victim longs for, even craves from them. So when they get a little love and kindness, it kind of makes up for the abuse, even though it really does not. It doesn't. Abusers will blame their partner or others for how they feel or act. Some use drugs or alcohol or even stress or illness as an excuse for saying hurtful things or abusing someone. But abuse is never someone's fault, even if the abuser tells them it is, or if family members or friends blame them for allowing it. Criticism and belittling are types of emotional abuse that can undermine a person's sense of self-worth or self-esteem, and that makes it even harder to leave an abusive relationship. If you don't feel worthy, you know, why would you think you should be treated better? It can make them feel like they deserve the poor treatment. Controlling finances or refusing to share money is also included in domestic abuse. Not having money can make the victim feel completely helpless with no options to get away. I think that one's really important and very common, that if you don't feel like you have the financial means to get away, it's terrifying to think that you're trapped and you have to keep trying to make the most of it. Abusers can hurt or control victims emotionally in so many ways. It's a really long list, and even our list isn't complete. And we said a bunch of things. <laughs> but a lot of what we've mentioned are red flags for an abusive relationship and can help someone recognize if they or someone they know is in an unhealthy, potentially dangerous relationship. Any psychological abuse is dangerous, and it can increase until it escalates to physical abuse. Though even if it never does, psychological abuse has really serious short and long-term impacts on a person's physical and mental health. 
Sure, it can lead to physical stress, illness, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, chronic pain, insomnia, low self-esteem. It can also make it hard for victims to trust and relate in healthy ways in future relationships. Well, that's for sure. Once their trust has been so betrayed and they thought they were with a really good person, when they look back on it and see how abusive it is, how do they know how to evaluate the next one? So it's an ongoing trauma to them. And nobody deserves to be treated that way. Nobody, no matter what the abuser convinces their victim that they've done to deserve it. Victims often stay in the relationship trying to help the abuser change their behavior or blaming themselves and trying to change their own behavior, even though they're not to blame. They try not to do anything to cause conflict or make the abuser upset or angry. I mean, they're like walking on eggshells. They work really hard at it. And of course, of course, they fail because they don't actually have the control and the abuser wants them to fail. Yeah. Victims might also be hesitant to reach out to friends and family because they're afraid they won't be believed or because they feel shame and confusion. The abuse is not their fault. And without reaching out for help, it will most likely continue. Yeah, people fear they're overreacting or that other people won't believe them or that somehow they'll be blamed for it. And victims usually blame themselves for becoming involved with the abuser like they should have known better. I can't tell you how many times in therapy I've had this conversation where they couldn't have known better. The abuser was putting on a really good show at the beginning. People who are victims, they just tend to take way too much responsibility for whatever happens. They are good victims. Yeah. Here in Pennsylvania, domestic violence is a crime, including emotional and psychological abuse. Local domestic violence programs often offer free counseling, support groups, advocacy, and resources for abusers and abused. There is increasing awareness of the prevalence and seriousness of domestic abuse, which is good. It is good. And if you recognize that you mistreat your partner and want to stop, there are resources to help you end the abuse. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline for possible resources or reach out to a therapist. Remember, nobody deserves to be mentally or emotionally abused for any reason. There is never a good enough reason. If you or someone you know needs help, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 to get started with resources. They also have a website with information and other resources at thehotline.org. Sounds like a wrap. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care.